Welcome to the Staying Ages podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Associate E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we will be talking about overcoming any addiction such as sugar addiction and finding balance. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to give you a brief rundown on the dangers of sugar addiction and how I personally overcame my own sweet tooth. And later today, we'll be chatting with our expert, Dr. Carter Stout, an LA-based death psychologist and author of We Are All Addicts, set for release in January 2023. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. Shout out to listeners in the USA, the UK, Ireland, Spain, South Africa, France, Germany, and so much more. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. Hey, y'all. Hey. Can you believe that we are in the new year? We are in 2023. Mm -mm -mm. I hope you are not setting up any shallow health resolutions this year. I am never a fan of the early gym memberships, the early promotions. Why? Because I want to hang out with the people who are still at the gym in December, okay? Consistency is key. And of course, accountability. If you need accountability in 2023, we are here for you at Raw Girl Coaching. I would love to see you in my program, Staying Ageless 30 Plus. We are accepting enrollments for the new year. So if you are interested in staying fly until you're 99 or close to it, Go to stingageless.net to secure your spot now or sign up for a free call on therawgirl.com to find out if Staying Ageless 30 Plus is right for you. For those of you who have specific health issues and want one-on-one support, we're also accepting new private clients. So feel free to visit therawgirl.com and sign up for a call if you're interested. All right, today we are going to talk about addiction. Ciao. Usually, addiction is defined as behavior characterized by compulsive engagement and rewarding stimuli despite adverse consequences. I always say to my clients and staying ageless when we talk about, you know, how to create healthy habits and get rid of habits we don't want, we always talk about how unhealthy habits usually are immediately gratifying. And that's the hardest part about things that we're addicted to. It feels good at first, but they have long-term negative consequences. Despite the fact that addiction has been recognized as a serious problem for centuries, the field of addiction medicine is still in its infancy. People battle addiction to a variety of things, including food, sex, drugs, alcohol, shopping chow, and even in the internet. One of the most prevalent and harmful addictions is sugar addictions. Sugar is everywhere. It's in our food, it's in our drinks, it's in condiments, it's it's in things you wouldn't even think it's in. It's no wonder the sugar addiction is so difficult to overcome. A study conducted by the World Health Organization in 2017 revealed that a sedentary lifestyle combined with a high caloric diet plays a significant role in obesity. No surprise there. According to the World Health Organization, worldwide obesity has nearly tripled since 1975. One of the main causes of obesity and being overweight is increased intake of energy-dense foods that are high in fat and sugars. A recent study done by Queensland University in 2019 has also estimated that the global annual healthcare cost of treating illnesses related to obesity may reach $1.2 trillion per year by 2025. Wow. 
No matter where you are in your health journey, I'm sure at some point you have struggled to stop eating food that you knew was not in your best interest. I myself used to be a sugar addict child, so I'm not talking about something I don't know nothing about. (laughs) So much so that when I first stopped frequenting uh, vegan bakeries for sweets and started juicing instead, I had to overload my fresh juices with apples for them to be acceptable to my over-sugared palate. Now that I am sober and I'm able to actually go without refined sugar, I have an equal passion for foods that are bitter and I can drink my greens straight up if need be. Consumption of excessive refined sugars profoundly raises your triglycerides, a type of blood fat, and at the same time, it inhibits an enzyme that breaks triglycerides down. As you may know, sis, triglycerides are linked to stroke, heart disease, and obesity. Other health problems linked to sugar addiction include diabetes, depression, anxiety, irritability, ADHD, and much more. A study done by Harvard Medical School in 2013 found that over 180,000 annual deaths worldwide 25,000 in the United States alone, were attributed to sugary beverages. Child, if you are still drinking sodas in 2023, please do yourself a favor and let it go. Try flavored sparkling water, kombucha, water kefir, other beverages that may be able to satisfy your bubbly craving without the high fructose corn syrup or chemical sugars. If you find yourself struggling to control your intake of certain foods, it may be helpful to understand why they are so addictive. There are some foods that are designed to be addicted. The flavors, the textures, the smells of especially processed foods are actually engineered to trigger our pleasure centers in the brain, which makes us crave more and more of them. These ingredients used to stimulate us can include but are not limited to added sugars, salt, fat, and even caffeine. It can be very damaging to our health if we eat too much of these foods. So if you haven't yet adopted a whole food diet, it is the beginning of 2023 and child, you can start now, okay? But that doesn't always, just knowing this information doesn't resolve the fact that many of us are addicted to sugar. The addiction can lead to serious health problems. Yes, we know. Um, But what do we do? Well, here's some things that you can do to to help you, all right? So first off, I want you to start reading your labels. You may be surprised at how much added sugar is in very simple things, even things like your ketchup, child. I always buy sugar-free ketchup, very important. Start paying attention in opting for food made with whole ingredients and little to no added sugars. Then you need to understand your addiction. The first step to overcoming any addiction is to understand what you're addicted to. Sugar is a drug, and like all drugs, it can be addictive. So you need to be um, aware of why you are actually consuming so much sugar and pay attention to what you're really craving if you're consuming sugar to deal with emotional stress. A lot of us go to sugar to deal with emotional things. And so it's really important to kind of get to the root cause of like, oh, what is it that I'm really hungry for? What do I really need to deal with in this moment that's making me want to crave some ice cream or crave something, you know, a, a baked good or whatever it is. The next thing you can do is you can consume bitter foods. Go back to our previous episode on bitter foods, but essentially consuming bitter foods will give you a cheat code to stopping sugar addiction. Once your bitter receptors are more activated on a regular basis, your palate will change and you will stop craving sugar as much. Email rawgirlassistant at gmail.com with the subject bitter foods to get my free handout with a list of bitter foods that you can incorporate in your diet starting today. You can also commit to a refined sugar fast to avoid sugary foods and drinks. So you could start with a minimum of 30 days. This may seem obvious, but it's important to steer clear of temptation. 
If you're constantly surrounded by sugary snacks and drinks, it'll be much harder to avoid them. So try to keep them out of your house and your workplace while you're taking a break. Child, I remember this client I had a long time ago when I used to make house calls in the DMV area for low-income clients. And I went into their place. They had a myriad of health issues. And on the first consultation, I walked into their apartment and there were soda bottles everywhere. And the first assignment that I had for them to do was to remove all those soda bottles because what you have visible in your environment is going to be likely what you're going to be doing. So they were drinking soda all day. So if you are someone like that and you have all this sugary stuff everywhere, get rid of it. ASAP. You also want to find a replacement for sugar. You can email rawgirlassistant at gmail.com with the subject sugar-free, and we will send you my free handout that lists a whole bunch of refined sugar alternatives. When you're trying to wean yourself off of sugar, get rid of the regular stuff and have something else on hand. If you're diabetic or you're watching your sugar intake, you could try stevia or monk fruit, which will not spike your blood sugar levels. Remember, you can also use fruit to sweeten many things. Then you want to get adequate sleep. Sleep deprivation will increase your sugar cravings, so make sure you're getting enough rest or catching up if you're behind, okay? And last but never least, feel free to get help from a professional. If you're struggling with sugar addiction, it is essential to get help from a qualified health professional that can help you get to the root cause of your issue, or especially if you have a diagnosis that also comes along with it, or work with a therapist that can help you get to the root cause of the emotional issues of why you're dealing with uh, eating certain foods in the first place. All right. Now that we've talked about sugar addiction and its health implications, I really hope that you're thinking of ways to deal with your sweet tooth in 2023. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll chat with our amazing guests. So stay tuned. Are you a woman struggling with horrible periods, fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, infertility, or unsavory menopausal symptoms? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of therawgirl.com. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And in my Hormone Balancing Academy, me and my team can help you approach any hormonal challenge you are facing from a holistic perspective. Don't take my word only for it. Here's a snippet from a recent client whose fibroid shrunk after following my recommendations. Um, come to find out my fibroid shrunk to a 1.5. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> I was so happy and grateful to God and Asosa and, you know, just her program really. Outside of my fibroid shrinking, I am off of chicken, so I don't do meat. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> and I don't do dairy. Don't, you know, we don't do that anymore. And my weight is steadily at a 101 pounds as of today so my weight did go up um, so I'm really happy with you know with my results I'm really grateful to you know to God and to to Asosa and her her raw girl program and I highly 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 recommend you sign up for raw girl you won't regret it just in case you missed it, head on back to season six and hear more of the amazing glow-up stories from women who have overcome infertility, normalized incessant periods, and much more. If you or someone you know are interested in reaching your hormonal health goals with support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a free 20-minute call and a member of our team will talk to you. Until then, stay healthy and happy.
Dr. Carter Stout is an LA-based psychologist who has been sober since 2005. As a deaf psychologist, Dr. Stout helps patients discover the origins of feelings and explore the unconscious side of the psyche. He specializes in dream analysis as well as relationships, helping clients become more truthful with themselves and their partners. His private practice includes Oscar, Emmy, Tony, and Grammy winners, as well as one pro bono client from an underprivileged community each month. Dr. Stout received his PhD in psychology from Pacifica Graduate Institute. Additionally, he will be a featured psychologist on an unscripted Netflix pilot set for release in 2023. Dr. Stout details his journey from addictions including drugs and alcohol, nicotine, caffeine, food, sex, toxic relationships, exercise, fame, success, and anger in his acclaimed memoir, Lost in Ghost Town which Rolling Stone praised as upsettingly beautiful. His latest book, We Are All Addicts, is set for release in January 2023. In addition to several articles published on Goop, Dr. Stout has also been featured in Rolling Stone, U.S. Weekly, The Daily Mail, The Evening Standard, The Telegraph, Washingtonian, Eden Magazine, The Purist Magazine, on ABC News, Spectrum News One, Fox News, MSNBC, Beyond TV, Larry King, and Good Day L.A. He's a regular contributor to the Huffington Post and has written for Alanis Morissette on her health and wellness site, alanis.com. Dr. Stout is also a film producer with three award-winning independent films under his belt. Thank you so much, Dr. Stout, for joining me on Staying Ageless. I'm super excited to have you today. It's great to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah. So I know some people might be like, well, what does addiction have to do with longevity? And I'm like, everything. In my mind, everything. Um, I just want, like for me, I'm always trying to get people addicted to healthy habits so that eventually they'll live a really great and healthy life. And so obviously if the opposite happens, that may lead us down a path that's not so great for our health. Certainly. I want to start with your specializing, you're a psychologist now, you specialize in addiction and you're helping a lot of people overcome their addictions. But what was your journey to getting to that point? Well, my journey was started really at, at a fairly young age, and I started to have food addictions when I was a uh, when I was an adolescent. And I think it was when I trace it back, and I think about it now as a psychologist. I think it really had a lot to do with my parents breaking up and their divorce, and a really difficult time in our family. Mm. Not a lot of things were explained to us as children and our family became fractured. And so I began to obsess about food and for a young adolescent boy was fairly uncommon, really. And um, so I began to restrict my eating. And then I also began, I I became bulimic after that. Mm. And so that was the, the beginning of really, I, I think, a move away from this really confident sense of who I was and this, uh, this, this purity of my childhood into maybe my innocence lost, the first real moment where, where things uh, didn't seem as though they were euphoric and, and idyllic and utopian. And 
And so those, the, that disorder followed me for about 10 years. And what I find interesting about addiction is that I really feel as though addiction is simply energy that we mm-hmm. store in our psyche. Mm-hmm. And so when the food addictions began to change, uh, according to the people that I was spending time with and the environment that I was in, I began to experiment with substances. And so it was uh, drugs and alcohol. And that sort of led me into my 20s in New York and then out to Los Angeles. And I realized now that I was addicted to a lot of other things as well. Mm. I was addicted to uh, love. I had a love addiction. Um, I was addicted to nicotine, to caffeine. I was addicted to this idea of success and fame. Mm, mm. Uh, I was addicted to resentment that I was feeling about my father. And so the way that I perceive addiction now is really essentially a loop of obsession and compulsion. Anything Mm. that we think about uh, that really is troubling us, that thoughts that ruminate in our mind that we can't really uh, find a way to navigate through that keep revisiting us. And then the only remedy for that that we find is doing some action. So, so an obsessive thought followed by some sort of compulsion, some sort of compulsive action. That, that action might be eating. It might be checking our phones. It might right. be exercising. It might be going to work. And uh, so, so I think that my addiction started in a more traditional way. And as a psychologist, I now perceive addiction in, in a fairly non-conventional way which is Hmm. that I believe that we all engage in addictive cycles in our lives in some form and in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that could be, as I said, our, our, our technology, our phones could be a work addiction, could be restricting food or eating too much food. It could be exercise. It could be our idea of, of success. Some people become addicted to the future Thinking about the future and and that of course oftentimes brings a lot of anxiety, but so so the book that I've I've written that I'm coming out with in January is called We Are All Addicts, and it really focuses on the universal nature of addiction, the archetypal nature of addiction as something that we all share and we all know instinctively. We know what it feels like to obsess about something. Right to act compulsively. Right. We all know that. And so I'm just really interested in this topic and trying to change the conversation around it as something that is not so demonized and thought of as the other. You know, when people think about addiction, traditionally now in Western culture, we think about uh, alcoholism and chemical dependency. Yeah, gambling, and those are the ones that really come to mind. And and but it, it really is so much broader and bigger than that. 
this is what you just said was just so deep that I'm still uh, ruminating because I've never heard anyone really explain it that way. I really like the way you explained it because it it just makes sense. But then it also makes me go. I have a lot of clients who struggle with depression and anxiety as well. And I look at it also from a biochemical perspective, like what's going on with their nutrients and, you know, what else is going on that is causing this. Sure. But, you know, sometimes in session, I'm able to snap them out of that loop of like the, you know, the, the, the spiral that they are on because you kind of get on this thought spiral and you just, it's the focus. So mm-hmm. like, we stay focused there instead of turning our intention and be like, wow, it's sunny today. Or, sure. you know, <laughs> so I'm always trying to break people's focus uh, who are in those states because I know that breaking their focus will snap them out of it for a minute. And then they might actually go down a happy train for a second or for longer. Well, you know, there's the, the, of course, the body and the mind, right? And, and what I'm referring to primarily is psychological addiction. Yeah. Chemical dependency and the way that some sort of substance might be uh, stored in the cells. And then when we try to detox off of it, you know, our body starts going through withdrawals and things that that would be more of a physical type of addiction. But what I'm referring to is is mainly psychological addictions, which is, I, I believe is the more powerful part of addiction. Uh, you know, people say to me oftentimes, oh, well, you know, weed, mar- marijuana is not is not addictive. It's it's not you know, it's it's organic. It comes from the earth. It's legal in all of these states. But then right. I have people come to me that are smoking it all day long. Yeah, and, and it's they're smoking it in the morning and in the afternoon and at night. And I said, well, how is that not an addiction? If you are discussing right. about it, you're thinking about it. And then the only way to to remove that obsessive thinking is to actually smoke and do it. Right. And so that's what I'm referring to as, as sort of a psychological addiction. And, and, uh, but of course, as we know, the body and the mind are very intertwined. And they are. so our psychology affects how we feel physically and, uh, what we put into our body in terms of nutrients and, uh, affects our psychology, they affects have- how we feel psychologically. So. For sure. Like you, you'd be surprised at the number of people with parasites and gut problems who are depressed and anxious or, mm-hmm. or low magnesium or whatever. And so for me, I'm always like, I can help people because there's a whole other side of it that they haven't even like dealt with, which is just like, what's going on in my gut, in my, you know, and how is that affecting my brain? Because there's a whole gut brain axis. So you have, mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to those things. But Absolutely. what you're what you're saying is super cool because I think usually the way we think about addiction is like, get rid of it. You know, it's very, um, but when I, when I'm hearing you talk about it and describe it, I'm like, see, if we all have this tendency, right. Or if we all, it's more about finding balance. It's like more about like finding equilibrium than it is being like, I'm never going to be addicted to anything ever. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I mean. And people think of it as the other, right? Oh, it's a bad thing. Right. And what I would say to them is, it's not a bad or a good thing. It's just a thing. It it's exists thing. in the universe. Right. It's right. energy that's going to find you at some point in your life, regardless right. of who you are, how spiritual you are, how healthy you are, what kind of diet you have, it will find you in some capacity. And that's okay. Because right. It's not something that has to remain 
and stay with you for a long period of time if you know how to effectively treat it. Well, let's talk about treating it. Now, what are some of the, in your experience and also dealing with clients, what are some of the common root causes of it? Because I think most people just go, I want to stop this behavior, but there's always a reason behind the behavior. Essentially, what I believe, as I said before, was is that, that addiction is energy and that it finds us at different times in our lives. And what I have found in working with, with my patients is that it usually slips in when we are dealing with some sort of psychological trauma or mm. we're dealing with some sort of unresolved issue that usually stems from our upbringing from our childhood. So not feeling loved enough by our parents, feeling disappointed about things, feeling unseen, feeling unheard, feeling traumatized in some way. And those very deep wounds that we carry for many years into our adulthood ultimately lead to like these fissures or cracks in our psyche. And mm. that is how the addiction slips in. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, most most of the, I, I've, I've, I talk about all my health problems <laughs> or whenever I've had any. Um, so, cause I used to be a health blogger before I became a nutritionist. And so um, in college, I had a binge eating issue and I went to a lot of therapy and I did a lot of work and then overcame that. But I know now when I work with people who are binge eating, I know what they're doing. I know that they're trying to avoid emotions by doing it. I know that there's other things or trauma or other things that there are unresolved, you know, and I do see that a lot in clients with addictive personalities. They've had a lot of trauma either in childhood or they're work, still working through it. Like they haven't resolved it at all yet. And I, and for me, I think coming to terms with it is what really stopped the binge eating, like coming to terms with what am I actually feeling? And it's okay to feel it mm-hmm. and it's okay to acknowledge it and work through it versus using food to like stop the feelings. Of course, of course, going back and addressing those, uh, the, those, those negative beliefs that we have created around certain incidents that happened to us if we got bullied you know, out on the blacktop uh, at school, or if we um, had a, a an unrequited uh, uh, crush on someone, and they, you know, didn't like us back, and that feeling of right. being rejected or disappointed. If uh, we had siblings that were were more successful than we are in a traditional way and got better grades, and we felt as though we weren't smart enough, you know, those sorts of, of, of situations can lead to these negative beliefs and, and those as they are stored in our psyche, if, if we don't go and excavate and, and work on them, then ultimately they, they follow us into our young adulthood and our adulthood and, uh, and they can be very harmful. Certainly. So what are places we can begin if we're like, if we, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't even acknowledge they're addicted. So I think, first of all, sometimes you have to realize that you're addicted or that you have an issue sometimes, I think, or have some sort of come to Jesus moment. But if assuming you've had a come to Jesus moment, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm addicted to doing X, Y, Z. What do I do now? Like, how do I start working myself? Well, 
what I do with with my patients is essentially I have a discussion and and I I'm a big fan of Carl Jung and more of a Jungian psychologist and essentially Jung believed that we have a soul and that our greatest healing apparatus comes from that high highest self from that authentic self from that loving center from that divine center that we all possess and it's not a soul in a religious context it's just a soul in a more spiritual context and so i make an attempt as a psychologist to from for my patients to consider that possibility that the soul isn't just a hyperbole and it's not just a a, a a symbol or a metaphor that it actually exists and that it's real and that if we find a pathway to reconnecting to that place in ourselves addiction goes away mm-hmm. and so that is a direct route that i have found in my own life, I, I'm sober 17 years from pretty much everything. And the spiritual practice that I developed really was around this belief that my soul had the ability to take away my addiction completely. Mm-hmm. And it has. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Um, what are... I mean, are there differences? Do you feel like any different, any type of addiction can be can be approached that same way? It doesn't matter what it is, shopping, food, you know, sex addiction, or is it? There are, that I think is a baseline that we can always refer back to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book that I have coming out in January, there are lots of exercises that I provide for people that revolve around spiritual practice. And, you know, what's interesting is that even if people take a more traditional route and go to Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, that the, the whole basis of those programs is spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so the solution that they're providing in those, in those rooms are spiritual solutions. And, and what I have found is that the, the most effective way to treat addiction is through spiritual means. It's, it's not, you know, through kind of trying to recalculate your brain. Um, it is uh, about being humble and it's about being of service. And, and, and so the exercises that I provide really are about affirming who we are. So I present a number of affirmations that one can do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, to strengthen one's sense of self. And mm-hmm. I have exercises that try to reframe old negative beliefs and find old negative beliefs and sort of to reparent that child in us. And I have exercises in the book also that really are about connecting with nature and being out in nature and taking off our shoes and connecting to Mother Earth and connecting our feet and, and feeling the Earth's polarity come through us and recharge our batteries and doing sort of a, a meditative journey on these walks out in nature. 
And so there are a, a variety of things, but I'm someone who really believes that treating addiction holistically is, uh, is the most effective way to, mm-hmm. to have it. And, and that includes sexual addiction and food addictions and chemical dependency, addiction to work, addiction to exercise, addiction to technology. Right, right. It's interesting. I mean, I think I um I as a holistic nutritionist, like like the spirit part of it is huge for me, especially because I've personally experienced supernatural healing. I've had clients have weird healing journeys as well. But then I also like generally speaking, a, a lot of times when you're trying to stop, at least for me, when I'm like I'm trying to resolve this behavior. I'm also looking at what is what are you really hungry for? Let's say it's a food addiction. Mm-hmm. What do you really want? Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why that 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 the spirit can be the answer to most things is because that's kind of the root of everything. So it's like if my if my spirit is at peace, I'm likely not going to need additional affirmation. I'm not going right. to need addi- Do you see what I'm saying? Um but you but you Psychologically speaking, I would say that, you know, the ego is very dominant in most of us. And the ego is where our negativity lives and our our self-doubts and our insecurity and our uh, our anxiety, our fear, our depression. And we are conditioned as human beings to really believe that the ego is who we are. We receive all this messaging from from being in school and from being in social groups and from the media and from all of these different platforms that put pressure on us to believe that, you know, that, that wealth equals happiness and that, that beauty is uh, really more about how you look um, on the surface and not about how you feel inside. And, um, and so my belief is that an understanding of what ego is and a, a recognition that when we're in these addictive cycles, we're really very much attached to the ego part of ourselves. And that it, and, and once there's an awareness created around that, then it's easier to slip back into and reconnect with the other part of us, which is the soul. So, we are a balance between ego and soul. The ego is the distillation of all of our lived experience, all of being human, and the soul is our divine self as we as we come into the world. And so it's a reversion back to that divine self that I feel is really the template for success with any kind of psychological addiction, any kind of, of psychological malady. Uh, you know, any, any mood disorder, anxiety, depression, all of that, I feel like can be treated by this. Hmm. Super cool. Um, I don't think I have any more questions. Is there anything else you think we should know about addiction? Well, I just, I, as a psychologist, I like to tell my patients that all of the, things that society might think of as ugly or negative or, or things that are 
that are unfortunate. We all carry those things around and we all have those things. And, and my aim is to, is to try and make an attempt for people to love all of themselves. Mm. And so it, it might be contradictory to think that, oh, well, if I'm in an addictive cycle that I would say, love that addiction, mm. shine a light on it and love it mm. and because it's part of you. And mm. if you walk around and you are uncomfortable with or, or don't like parts of yourself, that can mm. be very damaging. Mm-hmm. And the goal for a healthy person, really, I think, is to is for us to embrace all of who we are. And so I don't think of addiction as such a bad thing. It can be pesky and it can be a little annoying. Mm-hmm. But if you wrap your arms around it and you say, well, this is part of me and I'm going to try and get to know it better and I'm going to love it. And I know that it's not permanent and I know that it'll move. You know, it's like having a little thorn in your foot and eventually you can take it out. Right. And and so I would just want your listeners to know that, that, that addiction is not a death sentence and it's not something that's terrible. It's something that we all have in our lives at, and at some point and that it's impermanent, that it will, that it will leave you if you mm-hmm. give it the, the attention that it deserves. Awesome. When is your, do you know the date when your book is coming out? My book comes out January 10th, 2023. Okay. It's called We Are All Addicts, The Soul's Guide to Kicking Your Compulsions. And it's uh, very excited. Where will we be able to find it? We'll be able to find it on Amazon. Amazon. You can find it uh, on essentially any of the booksellers, Barnes and Nobles. um, Any of the smaller, more independent booksellers will also have it. Awesome. And where can we find you? Are you on social media or any of those things? Yes, I am. I have a, a website, which is Dr. C-A-R-D-E-R-S-T-O-U-T dot com. So I'm Dr. Carter Stout. And my Instagram is at Dr. Carter Stout, D-R Carter Stout. Awesome. Thank you so much. Great to, great to be here and really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of TheRawGirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. All right, all right. It's time to take a question from Instagram or email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM or slide up in my DMs on Instagram at therawgirl or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. Today's question is from Maya via Instagram, who says, what happens in your body when you abruptly quit sugar, going from a high dose or high intake to very low? 
What causes the cravings and why do they eventually go away? Huh. Really interesting questions, Maya. (laughs) Well, generally what happens when you stop eating tons of refined sugar and then you, um, or you go cold turkey and stop and, and, and pretty much stick with unrefined sources, you might lose weight, you might regain energy and focus, you might discover that you're emotionally dependent on refined sugar and find some freedom there. You may resolve some blood sugar issues or insulin resistance if you have any. You might even lose weight. Um, Your palate will also adjust after about a month and you'll start to feel like everything is just way too sweet when you come back to it. When you take a break, It'll allow your bitter receptors to activate, which will give you less of a desire for excessive amounts of sugar, especially if you're consuming lots of bitter foods. So generally, when you stop eating sugar, great things can happen. <laughs> what causes the cravings is, is really different for each person. You know, if someone has been on a processed food sugar diet their whole life, craving sugar is natural for them. And for a while... That's why they need to take a break. So they need to feel that it is unnatural. Once you take a break and you come back, you feel differently. Some people crave sugar for emotional reasons. Um, Most cravings, if you resist them, will go away. But the way that I deal with cravings is I always try to find substitutions. So uh, for instance, if someone was addicted to Oreos, I, I wouldn't just say stop eating Oreos. I would say that, but then I would also be like, hey, here's a recipe for um, a non-dairy, non-processed version of Oreo that you can make at home. You see what I'm saying? Because usually when you substitute versus just say you can't eat that at all, it's better for the brain. It's more likely to create a new habit and also gives you some sort of fix that you're looking for. What you don't want is to become emotionally dependent on anything really, even if it is healthy. So it's really important that you do also get to the root cause of why why you're using food in that manner to, in, to begin with. I hope that helps you, Maya. Okay, it's time to close out today's show. And I hope that you have learned a different way to think about addictions. In addition to ways to overcome your sugar addiction, if you have one, if you find yourself compulsively doing anything that is detrimental to your long-term health, remember, you can reach out for support. And in the moments that you can, try to challenge yourself to think deeper about what are you really hungry for? Fulfilling our emotional needs is an important aspect of remaining healthy long-term. Leave a comment or DM me on Instagram at the raw girl if you yourself have had any addictions or you're working through them or you've overcome them already. I hope to hear from you soon. Today, I leave you with a quote from Deepak Chopra. The way you think, the way you behave, the way you eat can influence your life by 30 to 50 years. Ain't that the truth? Well, that's all for today, sis. If you are looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at The Raw Girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. News, your girl is on TikTok. Find me on TikTok at Associate the Nutritionist. To sign up for our signature program, Sting Ageless 30 Plus, visit stingageless.net. Or for the Hormonal Balancing Academy, visit hormonebalancingacademy.com. For more on this show or to listen to past episodes, visit stayingagelessshow.com. 